Here we go, Draft Knicks. Here we go. Welcome to another edition of Draft 412 Podcast. My name is Joe 412, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes. Across from me here is my esteemed colleague and our editor-in-chief at Draft 412, JT John Toth. JT, thanks for co-hosting the show with me tonight. Ah, no problem, Joe. And before we drop the puck, I want to thank our sponsor, Eaton Park. You guys were great coming out to our Stage AE event. The smiley cookies were a nice dessert for everybody to take on the way out of the door after a very long night of a successful draft for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Thanks for again for thanks again for being part of it, uh, and we're looking forward to seeing you next year. Uh, and for those of you who haven't listened to our show before, Draft Four One Two is a hyper localized e magazine that focuses on all three major sports. So if you're a fan of the Steelers, the Penguins, or the Pirates. We focus on their professional drafts, and we cover all ex- aspects of it. Player scouting, mock drafts, free agencies, salary cap provisions, and, of course, the needs for your favorite teams. So the NHL season started yesterday in earnest, and, you know, uh, JT and I are here to talk about the Penguins' first uh, L. Um, JT, you ready to go on the clock? I am ready. Well, what are your thoughts on the opening night game? I mean, what did you like and what you didn't like? Obviously, the Connor Bedard, Sidney Crosby, that was the story, uh, or at least the storyline of the game that was fed to us, spoon-fed to us by the network. Um, uh, you know, and ultimately, it was, it was fun to see the Penguins back in action, and Bedard looks like he's got, you know, enough of a game to, uh, you know, to to, to be that, that next generational talent. But what are, what are your thoughts on opening night for the Penguins, and where do they go from here? First off, I was excited to have hockey back. As much as I loved the beginning of football season, there's something special about about the hockey season here in Pittsburgh. Um, I was excited to see Carlson. Um, I was excited to see what the power play would look like. Um, the, the power play didn't connect. Um, there's a couple things that I, I liked that I saw that Carlson was aggressive from the point. He had a, a, a one time where he danced around a guy and got off a good wrist shot. But they still, they still tend, to, in my opinion, they pass in the puck too much. They have, instead of getting guys open in spots to shoot, they're trying to, you know, make the perfect pass like the old Penguins always try to do. Um, a two nothing lead. Uh, it, it seems like it happened so many times last year. Two nothing lead. Our offense seemed to leave us. Um, I thought Jari played really well up until the end of the game. I thought there's a lot of opportunity Chicago had. Um, I thought he played well. Um, until the end, I mean, he sort of he sort of broke apart towards the end there. Um, the Bedard Crosby thing, I, I get the whole let's let's uh, Bedard's your new superstar kind of thing. But man, you you ain't kidding. They he got interviewed every period on different channels, and um, that's 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 all the talk is. And they the NHL set up the schedule well. He in fact he just scored his first goal here against the Boston Bruins. So. Uh, he he's already a guy that they have on TV every night. He plays again Saturday against Montreal. So the, I get what the NHL is doing, but um, we're going to be force fed that. I guess it was like the same way with Crosby. We didn't maybe not look at it the same way. And, and McDavid, they sort of did the same thing, but we just talked about it off air. I think, I think Bedard's going to have a great career, but um, you had a great, a great comparison, which I'll let you t- say whenever you, Whenever you uh, take this question, but he's not gonna. He's not, I, I, the way he plays and the way he is, the way he's uh, a smaller guy, one eighty five. He's not gonna last for a long career with the Blackhawks unless he gains some muscle, gains some weight, or you know, I don't think he's as fast as McDavid. I know he's not as fast as McDavid. He's not as big as Crosby or McDavid, so he's gonna struggle a little bit uh, when the hits start coming. 
Uh, I remember the one play last night where Latang took him out coming down the boards, and it really wasn't that big of a hit, but it looked bigger than what it was. Um, I think he will struggle. I think the Penguins aren't I going to put much stock in a first, a first game loss, even though it was a lot like last year. I think it, once they start to mesh uh, Latang and uh, some of the newer guys, I thought Hanson, uh, Jansen Harkins played pretty good. I, I liked, uh, he seemed like he had a little bit of grit. I think that bottom lines, people are going to start to like Nieto. Um, I, I ain't going to give him a grade yet, man, but I, I think they'll, they'll be all right. What do, what do you think about them, Joe? What, what, what bothered you about last night? Well, there was things to like and, and not to like. I mean, first of all, the energy's back in the building. You can tell that the team, it feels different. It was over 50% turnover uh, on the top four lines with the, you know, the three, you know, you know blue lines. Uh, and that's a lot to handle and bringing, you're, you got basically half of a team that's brand new. And so it's going to take some, them some time to gel. But games like last night are games that they should have won. It was a home game against an inferior opponent. And even with all the stardom surrounding the Connor Bedard and or the Connor Bedard slash Sidney Crosby, you know, head to head. And you're right. I mean, the league did a good job of scheduling them into some of these bigger hockey markets like Pittsburgh and, and Boston and getting them on the road early with a big triumphant return to Chicago. I mean, they've got the advantage that the league has with Bedard is, you know, they're, you know, let's face it. Chicago is a monster market for them. And, and McDavid's been sort of exiled to you know, the middle of Canada, and unless you're a hockey fan, it's hard to see him on a night-by-night -night basis where you get a, a star like Sydney in Pittsburgh or, um, you know, you get a Bedard now in Chicago. Uh, and that's what I think they were hoping, you know, happened a few years ago in, in New York uh, with their first overall pick. And it just it just didn't happen in the, in the same way Bedard is. You know, but it was an entertaining game. You know, it's exactly what Penn fans like to see up and down, fast, um, you know, skating. I think that what they don't like to see is what you mentioned earlier, a kind of a repeat of what we saw too many times last year. I think there was a stat either I read it this morning or it was on TV somewhere popped uh, that they said that the Penguins had lost 12 games um, either with the lead going into the third period or in overtime last year. And those points cost them frankly, you know, a playoff spot. And, you know, here we are thinking that we've got a much improved team, much improved bottom six, um, you know, at least a wash. And with the return of J Jake Gensel, you expected them to score. They, you know, like you said, it's hard. No one's going to give them a grade on, on the first night out, right? Let's, mm -hmm. let's, let's see how the first 10 go. And then we can grade them and see if they can start to put it together. And I think once they play with each other uh, a little bit longer, you know, and, um, you know, I, I think that, you know, once they get there, the feel of, of, of the team over the next couple of games, there's a continuity that'll come with that. You're going to know where everybody is. You don't have to look, you know, professionals are really good at that kind of stuff. And some of those guys, you know, uh, just have that vision that we like to call it in the scouting world on that ice and they know where they are. And it just takes time to gel with, with your, uh, your new teammates. And we saw them play pretty well. And then that typical penguin third period collapse, yeah. You know, and, you know, I don't know if it's like you said, you you use the terminology, taking your foot off the pedal. There's the killer instinct, right? It's almost like they're just waiting to see what happens next. But I, I did like Carlson's play. Um, I did like the way that the team played overall. You're right. Jari kind of petered out there at the end. That was a weak glove goal. Uh, glove save that he didn't make uh, on the third goal, you know. And then at that point, the Penguins were pouring it on, trying to score doing everything they could. I don't fault them for the fourth. I mean, they pulled the goaltender a little early, but 
you know, in the, the days of analytics, those things happen. And, you know, I don't think there was anything wrong with uh, what Sullivan had, had done there is from a coaching perspective. Um, on the Bedard angle, I, I know you wanted me to say it because we said it off air. Um, you know, he reminds me of a, of a Paul Correa of the mm -hmm. Anaheim Ducks uh, back in the day where the guy was outrageously talented, you know, could put the puck in the net. Um, you know, maybe his skill set is just a tiny bit different than, than Korea's, but he's got some speed. But where, you know, Korea had fallen off in the middle and the tail end of his career was just like Bedard, he's just small. Uh, and even though this league is a lot different, um, you know, there is a heaviness that's starting to come back over the last uh, season and a half, maybe two seasons. Uh, but you're right, you know, the wrong kind of hit is going to sideline him for a while. And, it, you know, if those watching this don't remember Paul Correa, because that's a, you know, it's a dated reference. Think of Jack Hughes, you know, the first couple of yep. you know years in the that's league good. playing, you know, for the New Jersey Devils. I mean, he looked like he was 18. He looked like a boy amongst men. He had the talent to play. He still does and gets better every year. And the Devils are going to make the playoffs this year and, you know, maybe make a run because of him. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, he's just a small guy. And the league invites Waterbug kind of play these days. Nothing against that. It's it's really kind of taken on a bit of a European flair, less yeah. hitting, more speed. Um, so, you know, Bedard's going to fit right in. Uh, but the right kind of hit uh, is going to put him on the sideline for a while. So, And, and Joe, what do you – I know it's only one game. I know um what what are your what were your expectations coming into this this season? Like what with all the moves they made, like what do you where would you be disappointed? What 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 would make you disappointed in this season? What what do they need to make you feel okay, this was a, a positive season? Well, I'll answer that in two ways. I mean, my expectation is what Kyle Dubas has done since his arrival is rework this team so dramatically that they should make the playoffs. You know, there's nothing that this this team has enough talent to make the playoffs. You, they just have to be doing it from the bottom two, I think. You know, that seven eight spot. Uh, I think the teams in front of them, you know, the Rangers, Carolina, and New Jersey are they've got locks on on the Metro. You know, so that puts them in fourth place at best with the rest of the teams there. Some of which are they're going to be competitive. Uh, and then you look across you know, the other side of the conference, and you've got Toronto and Boston, and they're not you know the Lightning. They're not going anywhere. Right. So there's six teams right there. So I think if they're competitive enough, the, uh, a seven, eight spot uh, in a wild card will do exactly what this team needs to do. And, and that's get back into the playoffs, break that one year streak of being out, you know, and return to the playoffs this year. A disappointment is obviously the opposite of that, where they did all this stuff. They spent to the cap. They once again traded their your, their futures uh, in you know draft picks, including a number one uh, to get Eric Carlson uh, here. And then they don't make it, you know, and I'm hoping uh, that the one, the, the injury bug just avoids them, right? I mean, this is an older team. Likely, I think the, I think I saw a stat where that's, it, they might be the oldest or one of the oldest uh, in the league. Yeah, they're you know, the as a result a, over a year, I think over an average per of one year per the next team that's below, below them. So, yeah. So my, my sense is that, you know, you're, you're up against that. Like there will be an injury to one of those guys. Uh, if not all of those guys at some point during the season. And does the rest of the team, do they have the ability to carry them forward? I think that's the big question. So my my disappointment would be missing the playoffs. My expectation is that they make the playoffs. But let me reverse it to you, man. What do you think? I mean, do you think this is a, a playoff team or, you know, are we going to be, you know, again, looking through the fishbowl at the, at the teams playing in the uh, in the playoffs next year? 
I don't think I'm as confident as you. I, I think it could be a playoff team. I think a lot of things have to go. Hockey is such a tough sport to make the playoffs. I mean, of all the of all the major sports, um, you saw last year, we lost some last two games of the season to Chicago and Columbus, and all we had to do was went out against two bad teams, and that's how, that's how close we were to the playoffs last year. I don't think this team – this team's improved depth-wise. There's no doubt about that. I think um, if a guy does get hurt, I do believe we have more players at Wilkes-Barre this year than we've had easily in the last 10 years down there, at least guys that have NHL experience. Um, you know, we'll be calling guys up that we, we, we've heard of, you know, um, Colin White, guys like that, guys that, that were NHL players that got sent down. Um, ah. I actually think to be a positive thing for me, they have to win a, a series too. I'm not, I'm not an anti Mike Sullivan guy by no means, but they're getting to that point. If they do make the playoffs and lose in the first round, do you question that then, Joe? Do you question the coaching at that point? If we do get back to the playoffs, but we lose in the first round again, does it, does it start to wear on you a little bit as a fan? Um, no, I mean, I, I can't blame Sullivan for that. I mean, Sullivan can only, cook the meal with the ingredients he's given to use an old Parcells, uh, you know, analogy of bringing a football analogy to this. I mean, this team is old. This team expects some level of injury. Um, it's kind of baked into what they're, they're trying to do. And, you know, frankly, they're making a, a couple of last runs, you know, looking for that last hurrah. I can't fault Sullivan for that. I mean, I think he's, you know, a top three coach in the league. I would challenge anybody to, Tell me who who else they would think might be better. Um, you know, he's proven that he can win cups. Uh, and you know, let's face it. I mean, he's he doesn't have the best ingredients on the bench, right? Uh, it just, you know, it, it's it's not what it used to be in 2018. You know, and it doesn't seem like that's that far away, but it is in hockey terms. Hockey players get old fast, uh, and we're seeing some of that uh, over the last couple of years. We got lucky last year. We saw an entire season with Crosby and Malkin and no injuries to them. The chances of that happening again this year are slim to none. You know, so I think that there's going to be some downtime there. And we're going to expect some of these NHL ready guys to come up. These, you know, whether they're quad A guys or former NHLers that can come in and contribute during times when there are those downtimes, when there are players on the shelf for extended periods. And I think Dubas recognized that and went out and got players that can play in this league and they're not going to have to learn on the job, right? And he didn't worry about necessarily, you know, the next round of prospects that aren't going to help this team for the next two or three years. Instead, he went out and signed a bunch of NHL-ready guys uh, to go and, and and chase that down. So I think they did a good job with that. Uh, you know, I think that they Dubas did the best he could, you know, and frankly, he did a heck of a job getting Carlson in here. That trade might be a you know, historically good trade if Carlson is, you know, 80% of what he was last year, yeah. you know, being able to 80%. lift himself out of the, you know, the salary cap death spiral that they were in with Jeff Petrie and, you know, uh, and Michael Granlund, you know, and I think that that, you know, was worth the trade just in and of itself. I mean, it's just an upgrade right there, but how about you, JT? I mean, are there some glaring weaknesses on this team? Uh, and if so, where are they and how do they address them in the, during the course of the season? Is it something, do you see a mid season trade? You know, do you see a trade market opening up here, even as we get closer to the the trading deadline, which is four months away. So we're not talking about something that's around the corner, you know, but ultimately, you know, are there other pieces that you expect to be on this team before the playoffs? Joe, to be honest, I don't know how, with them up against the salary cap, I really don't, um, 
I do think I think we need a third, a third line, like uh, a scoring winger or a scorer, even at center. I think that um we're used to them old days with the Jordan Stall, you know, our third line center who's putting up 19, 20 goals and playing great defense and making a difference in the team. I don't think we really have that in the bottom six. I think we're solid in the bottom six. I think these guys will play defense and they'll and they'll um you know they're not going to be a plus minus. Uh, problem where they're, they're going to be out there hustling i think yesterday they played well at least when i when i was really paying attention to them i thought that um like i said i thought harkins and nieto i thought they they all took the body well and they, they played decently defensively um but i don't think we have enough i i think if, if a guy like gensel does get hurt which he was supposed to miss yesterday that was nice to see him back but if a guy like gensel or or malkin or somebody gets hurt i just don't think we have anybody to plug in to um to become a score i don't think laura zeller is that guy I think we have about seven or eight guys who are perfect for that bottom bottom six, but we we basically have six guys for the top the top two lines. And, and to get back to one of your points, Malkin and Crosby have only done it one time in eighteen years, so that answers your question on um, the odds of them doing it doing it again. Which was and um, and Latang played a good bit of games too. I mean, not not a full slate, but pretty close to it. So I mean, it was you know it was. Uh, and not 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 a normal season for the Penguins, uh, injury wise. But to get back to the point, I don't think they really they really don't have anything to trade. The first round picks already gone. Unless you're going to get into the big prospects like Jaeger or Pickerington, I don't know what you really can move. Honestly, at the line, I mean, who's we don't really have any. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Is there really any trade bait on that team that you'd even think, oh, we could dangle him? I mean, nobody's going to take Jeff Carter. We already know that. Um, nobody's going to take uh, – all the other guys are basically rule player type players, so I can't see why a young team would give up on a on a on you know one of their veteran stars for what we have. We'd have to give up something pretty good, I think, at the deadline this year. Yeah, I think that's a big problem that they have. I mean, they're, they're going to be going into a contract year with Jake Gensel, and even though the cap is going to go up, it might allow them to sign him long-term. Um, you know, that's the most obvious one, right? Like, especially if they're not making the playoffs. If you're not planning on signing him, do you move him and, and get some critical pieces back for that? I don't think that's in the Penguins' DNA. I think they're going to keep Jake. I think they're going to do everything they can to sign him. And, you know, you're right. I mean, they've moved everything that they possibly could move that'll be of value to somebody except for some of those role players. I think that you, you mentioned before, you know, the players that they stocked away in the minors, those will be valuable to teams as they get closer to the playoffs, especially with injuries or just having veterans that can, you know, play on the bench and in return, they'll get something for that. Um, there might be, and look, from my perspective, I wouldn't be shocked, you know, as they go into the last eighth of the season and you only have to pay a couple hundred thousand dollars of a contract to Jason Zucker to see him return and then give them something back to Arizona. I mean, the guy signed a one-year, five-year deal, has mm -hmm. a great relationship with the team. The team allowed him to go and kind of scout himself, and he's not going to finish the season on that team. Someone will get him. You know, and bringing him back here at least gives him some depth, you know, at a second or third line in the event someone does get injured. Uh, and I also think you're, there, there's talk about what they do with, you know, the, the, um, the goaltender situation. I, I honestly don't know – Teams don't traditionally trade goaltenders mid-year. Um, that was something if they were going to make a switch, they would have done it in the offseason. They missed, you know, uh, an opportunity to do that. But I think that, you know, Dubas, you know, went to, to, to Canada, sat down with, with Jari. They had the discussion um, about what it was, and he committed to him in a five-year deal. So 
I'm not sure there's much more to add, save for maybe a role player or two, maybe a depth guy, maybe a, you know, and I'm not trying to call Jason Zucker or someone like him depth, but it really depends on where they are. If they're struggling to get into the playoffs, you know, do you buy, do you sell? Uh, you know, and that's a big question mark for Dubas, knowing, you know, if he sells and they don't get in, he may have a little bit more money for next year's team, especially as the cap goes up. But, you know, it's just it's too early, I think, to really kind of get a gauge on what they want to do. Um, but I think they are hemmed up pretty nice. I mean, it's really going to be hard for for anybody that like you said, I mean, the first round's already gone. You know, what else are they going to give? Um, so I think they're going to play with the, the hand they've been dealt. I mean, Joe, do you in your opinion, is there anybody you see? outside the top six who could be plugged in the top six and and you think might be able to might be able to outplay their their capabilities you think a guy like i don't know like remember a couple of years ago zahorna came up and had a a little bit of a run I, I ain't calling him that guy but do you have a guy you maybe you you think down in the minors that you know once you get him with a crosby or a malkin he could maybe come up and put up some numbers for a little bit of time no, I think most of the guys they have in the minors, unfortunately, are depth pieces. Uh, these are, you know, bottom six wingers, bottom six centers, you know, bottom two defensemen. Um, you know, if there's an impact player down there that I'd like to see get some time up here, it's Will Butcher, uh, just based on his ability to to score. But again, he's not much a defenseman, and I don't know how that's going to play out. I also think that... Um, you know, if you're looking at the team that's up now, Matt Nieto only because he's got the wheels um, and he's proven he can do it on some other teams play up uh, mm -hmm. for a sparing amount of time. It's not a guy that's going to do that for 40 games for you. He might give you six or seven games where you can play on that line and then they'll solve that riddle. He's better. It's a case of, you know, less is more where, you know, you know, having him on the ice all that much becomes a liability as opposed to an asset when he's penalty killing, when he's, when he's, you know, you know, forechecking and back checking and all those kind of things. So I think he would be my choice. I don't know. Do you have another, what are you thinking? Uh, really? I, I don't think there is a guy that you can really plug into the top six. I mean, um, I got it that skates well and hustles and, and used to score back in the day was that, that Harkins, but I know he's not that kind of player now, but he really hasn't had, he really has never had the opportunity in the NHL to be thrown in a situation like that. Um, but like you said, you're only looking for 10 to 12 games and, and we've seen it in Pittsburgh before where, and actually the one guy, actually, I'm going to take that back. The one guy that I do think has the, the capability is an X number one draft pick that we have in our system is it's not Nylander, Alex Nylander. I think last year to me showed a couple games where he had a little bit of that. You could almost so, little bit see why he was a first round pick with the way he skated and moved the puck in that, but I would be the guy that I would pick. I would say Nylander. Um, if you had a guy like Gensel go down for 20 games, which I hope doesn't happen, but um, it's going to be scary if something like that happens because, like I said, that we don't have uh, – we have the depth to fill in the third or fourth line, but we don't have the depth to fill in them, them top six. Not many teams do, but many teams do have that one or two guys down on the third line, and we used to be like that, you know, with the Boninos. Bonino was back in his play, the heydays and, and – um, like Jordan Stahl, you had guys that you could always move up onto that second line and it didn't really, you didn't really lose a beat, but I think that's going to be the one thing I'm going to look out for. If they start getting injuries at the top, they're going to have to get, to me, they're going to have to get almost become a more defensive team. And I don't think that's really what, you know, and that's not what Carlson and what's hanging I'm going to do, but.
might have to happen. Yeah, what player, and let's take Crosby, Malkin out of the mix. What player do the Pens have that they can't afford to lose this year, save for those the top two? I mean, we, we know if they go down, that's that's a lot of trouble. But taking them off the map, who 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 else can they not afford to lose? I would have to go with, and the, the only reason I'm going to say this, he's so consistent in his goal scoring is uh, Gan- is Gensel. Like, I was worried about him missing the first four or five games. Um, it would be nice if Brian Russ, I mean, he scored again in the first game, was that three years in a row, they said. It'd be nice if he finds his scoring touch, which he seemed to lose last year, but that would help out a lot on the top six. But I think Gensel, Gensel's good for 30, 35 goals. Um, he's, uh, he's, he's the... The constant guy that puts in the great passes by Crosby and Malkin. He's he's a guy that always is. He's just consistent, man. Like you, there's games you don't even realize he's out there, and all of a sudden you look at this the box score. Oh, he had two goals. It's because he's <laughs> he's not he's not real flashy. He just does his job, and I think that's besides Malkin, Crosby, like Carlson, Latang. I, I think that would be the guy that I wouldn't want to I wouldn't want to lose. Yeah, I think their biggest. You know, Jake is a good pick. Mine would have to be Tristan Jari, uh, although how. Uh, average he's played over the last couple of years. And that's saying something. I mean, I don't tell him to take away two all-star games. The guy obviously has the talent. And when he's on, he's on. Uh, But he's proven he can't stay away from the injury bug. And as a result, you know, even though I think they may have improved their backup goaltending situation a bit with their two signings, I'm not sure they have, and I don't want to find out. Like, I want to see these guys play just the right amount of games, giving spelling Jari just enough uh, and, and seeing how that goes. But, uh, you know, my he's he doesn't have the durability of Flurry, um, you know, and I'm just worried that, uh, you know, there's going to be a stretch there where we're, we're playing some quad A guys for a while. And, you know, I'm hoping that, you know, Nadelkovic comes around and he's really the, you know, the player that they think he can be. Uh, and I think he's proven that he can play a little bit of that in when he was in Detroit, but you know, I just don't want to see it. Nah, so those are my picks. But that's, I mean, anyway, good... we're coming to the end of the show. I've got a lightning round for you, JT. Are you ready for it? I'm ready, man. All right, Let's man. Let's do it. So prediction for NHL Rookie of the Year. We're going to start out easy. I mean, it has to be Bedard, right? I'm going Bedard. He just scored, like I said, he just scored in his second game after getting an assist yesterday. So he's he's averaging a point a game already. So <laughs> let's go, let's go, Connor Bedard. All right, Connor Bedard. Do the Golden Knights repeat? And if they don't, who hoists the cup? I'm gonna say no, even though I watched them last night and they looked they looked outstanding once again uh, in their first game. Um, I think the West. I actually think the Pacific this year is, is, is a tougher division too. So I think they're gonna they're gonna beat each other up. Um, who hoists the cup? That's a good question. Um, some of the teams that pop in my head right away. I, I for some reason I like Carolina. I like New. I like New Jersey. I, I think New Jersey's built tough. Um, man. I could see. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna stick with Carolina. Carolina's sort of been my dark horse the last couple of years. I'm gonna go with Carolina right and you now. Think I think they, they get over got, the hump this year. I'm gonna. I, I am gonna go the Edmonton Oilers. I think I would. Year, I would love to say them, man. Love to say them. But. I know. I, I just feel like there's got to be a time when that happens, right? It just ha- there has to be a time with the talent they have on that team, the offensive powerhouse that is. One of the they're just gonna hit a streak. They just haven't done it yet, and I don't think that you're right. I mean. 
that Western Conference, there's a couple of teams in there that, you know, I'm, I just I, I just can't. I don't know. There's just something about I just feel like this is their year. Maybe I'm wrong. I thought that last year, too. I picked them in my, you know, my my big poll. And, and, and of course, they fell flat. But so do the Pens have a, a run left in them here like the Florida Panthers did last year or no? I would really be shocked if the if the Penguins had a Stanley Cup run in them, honestly. And that's it's nothing to do with Crosby and Malkin and Latang, but it's so hard at that age. And you got three three of them leading you that are that age. Um, I just think the league's getting too too fast, too young. I mean, watching Crosby interview Bedard yesterday was one of the, the worst things I ever saw in my life. Thinking that was Sidney Crosby. Sid the kid looked like he was 20 years older, but he is. 18 years older interviewing Bedard one-on-one and I'm like this is that's how fast life has just went to everybody in Pittsburgh I mean because Crosby looked looked about that age and you know he looked like a young kid too back then but I I just think it's too hard I I think I think the Penguins could maybe get to a second or third round but I just think these these teams that are youthful and they can skate all night long I, I think they're too much for too much for the Penguins yeah, I, I agree. I think the Penguins sneak back into the playoffs and there's an early exit. You know, I think they get in as a 7-8, like I mentioned before, and mm-hmm. they run into a Carolina or they run into a Jersey, and then that's that's, that's the end of them. So last question before we close out tonight. Uh, yeah. Should the Pens make a move for Hellebuck or Gibson or another netminder before the trade line, deadline, or is Jari going to be enough? You mean the backup Jari? No. Or, or to take over the squad, you mean? Jari. <laughs> I guess I guess a lot of that'll have to do with how he plays. If he plays like he did in the first two periods, and that's because I thought he made some big saves in the first two periods. I think I actually think the Penguins' defense really wasn't. I think there's a lot of they had a lot of point blank shots. They were out shooting us, but we were winning two nothing. If he plays like he does in the first two periods and plays consistently like it and doesn't get hurt, I say no. You use that somewhere else, and especially if um the backup goalie's doing well. If he's doing well and and Jari's holding on the the, the thing the, the uh, Ford. I say no. I say don't waste that time or the money on that. Especially if you want to, like you said before, if they're more money, and we got to figure something out to get them on, and we can't uh, resign a guy like Gensel. I'd say no. I say just let's play it out with what we have. Um, but it's better said than done. Because how many years ago? How many years now has Jari been healthy and playing well with the trade deadline, and then didn't make it to the playoffs? So. There's always that risk too, so I understand where you're coming from. Because a couple of years ago, we had what we had what's his name, Deming, you know, the we had him goalie, and after him and uh, the Smith couldn't stay healthy. So I say no. I say, I mean, if he's playing bad, then you got to look at it. But I think if he's playing bad, we're so far. If, he, if he's plays bad, we're so far out of the playoff run by the, the deadline. I don't think it's worth it. Won't make a difference, right? No. Well, hey, man. Thanks again for for doing the show tonight. I'm glad we had a chance to talk about the first uh, NHL game and the, and the big spotlight that was on Pittsburgh last night. Sorry it turned out for Penguin fans, uh, not the way that anybody had hoped. But again, even a bigger thanks to our host or our uh, sponsor tonight, Eaton Park Restaurants. Again, you know, the smiley cookies at the end of that Stage AE event were perfect way to send everyone off post-midnight. So thank you very much for that. Hope I to have you back one. as a sponsor next uh Next year, as we get closer, I can't believe to say this, we're almost six months out from the NFL draft. We're not that far away. Time flies, right? So, And, and Joe, again, real, real fast, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday, November Wednesday, November 15th, guys, we're going to be live, a live uh, podcast 
at Lucky Thir- at Lucky Thirteens in Baldwin, uh, seven o'clock to eight o'clock. Um, get on our website; it'll be on in our newsletter as well. I'll give you the address. Um, we're gonna have a special guest there. I'm not sure who it is as of yet, but we're gonna have football talk, hockey talk. Uh, whatever you want to talk about. If you want to come out, if Canada's still there and you want to come out and scream about Matt Canada, come out and scream about Matt Canada. You want to scream about Tom and come out, voice your opinions. Um, we'll, have, we'll have a good night there. Uh, Lucky 13's great place. Uh, Michael Pistelli, the owner. So come on out, enjoy yourself, enjoy some uh, a night of sports talk in November. Well, hey, that's that's great. I'm looking forward to that, JT. And and remember, everyone, while well, draft 412 may be off the air, we're always on the clock for you. See you guys next time. Have a good one.